Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, this is Kim Hopkins standing in for Dr. Ross Breen, who's taking some well-deserved time off today. It's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this podcast the first Tuesday of the month from September to May at 11 a.m. Eastern. On this podcast, we do our best to help you with your behaviorally challenging child, help you figure out what's going on, and try to help you figure some some things out that are going to work. Callers always take precedence. Our call-in number is 347-994-2981. And I think you need to press 1 to uh, come in our queue. I'm joined by Jennifer Tressaway, who is our social media coordinator and phenomenal all-around gal. How are you doing, Jennifer? Good morning, Kim. I'm good. Awesome. Can you not hear me? Good. <laughs> yeah, no, I can hear you. Okay. Can I? Can Good. you hear me? I can. <laughs> Good. We do apologize for the um, technical issue we had back in September. We have received feedback that for some people the audio is not very clear, so Dr. Green has bought some new equipment to try out, and we had tried it out beforehand, but something didn't work about it last time. So um, I don't have the new equipment, so we're going about it the old way with me. Um, but at least it's working, and at least we're here, right? Um, we do have some exciting news um, with our Children's Mental Health Conference coming up on October 21st of this year. Um, we have quite the lineup of speakers Last I checked, there was 18 speakers coming. Um, this is a free event, by the way. Uh, last I checked, we had just under 1,000 people signed up, and that number is expected to jump. Um, we're hoping for 3,000. Uh, so th- this year's Children's Mental Health Conference is going to focus on a couple of federal bills in the U.S. and Canada aimed at reducing or eliminating punitive ex- exclusionary, harmful, traumatizing practices like restraint, seclusion, and paddling. Um, There's also some state uh, bills that are going to be highlighted um, via all these wonderful speakers that we have. So if you can't make it live on the 21st or the time does not work out for you, still register. We're going to record everything, and we'll send you the links after. So it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. It's really an amazing sounding lineup of speakers. It it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Lots of lawmakers, um, lots of very influential people with um, great information. So we're looking forward to the discussion. Uh, and surprisingly, well, I was surprised, Paris Hilton is on the list um, because she is a survivor of residential and wildlife uh, programming. And now she speaks out against the kind of punitive offerings that she Um, had to endure, and she's been influential in getting uh, other bills passed. So um, she's going to have a pre-recorded message uh, for the conference, which is going to be interesting. So that'll be good. (laughs) Um, Jennifer, it's possible 
that we have a caller, although the number is coming okay. up is all ones. So I don't know. We're going to try it, okay? <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. You're on live. Do you have a question for us this morning? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I'm calling from Europe, from Belgium, and I'm calling on Skype, so I hope you can hear me well. In case if not, then uh, I will give a chance to other people with their questions. Um, I'm calling about my daughter. I have two kids. Uh, one is 12, and she has been uh, expelled from school in 2020. So she's mm. sitting now since two years at home. And since wow. May year, yes, yes, uh, things were getting worse. Uh, like her behavior became more challenging, more unlucky behaviors. And she started locking herself up in her room, and she was awake in nighttime and sleeping in daytime. And she came only out of her room to eat, and whenever she saw me, she started swearing and showing unlucky behaviors. And then Mm -hmm. I was very desperate, and then in August, I uh, found the book, uh, The Explosive Child. Uh, Then uh, I started listening to the podcast. Liz gave me the link. And then I started to uh, plan C everything. First, I made the LSAT, uh, and then I plan C everything. Since three weeks, I'm doing that, and that has given such a big change. It's really just amazing. She is um, awake now at daytime, sleeping at nighttime. She's coming out of her room. We go outside. Uh, she talks to me. Uh, she's nice to me, but she's still not able to or if I want to try to do something in the beast step, that is still, she closed the door. Um, yeah. In the beginning, she was swearing, and now she's just saying, leave me alone. So for me, that is progress. <laughs> but uh, so I wonder if there, how do you know or when it's time, or should I just uh, keep on trying daily? Or, or um, I don't know when I know when I can start uh, with plan B actually how do I know the time is right it's a great question um I'll I'll take a stab at it and Jennifer I'm going to invite you in I want to I want to mention a couple things number one I love that you're calling her behavior unlucky it's exactly how we describe it too that some kids are just very unlucky in how they let us know that there are problems they don't know how to solve because they don't have the skills to solve the problems. And so I love that you're saying that. I also love that you said you did an ALSIP because it all starts with the ALSIP, doesn't it? Right? And that allowed you to kind of, wow, I'm going to guess. You didn't say this. Tell me if I'm wrong. But there were several (laughs) unsolved problems that you had to write down and many check marks you made up top. Right? (laughs) Yeah, not uncommon at all. And then you kind of went, whoa, right? No wonder. (laughs) Things haven't been working out. And you're up to what you chose to do then from what you said was, you know what, we're going to just plan C everything because we've got to rebuild some relationship here. And so sometimes that's the way to go, right? And I'm I'm so happy that you have seen some benefits to that uh, because that's exactly, I actually, I recall working with a school, a kid had a five page outlook. And he was refusing to go, and he was saying, they don't like me. They don't want me there because of all this plan A that had happened because that's all they knew how to do, right? That's all they were trained in. And I came in and said, let's tell him we're not going to expect anything of him for a little time and, you know, see if he'll, like, get to school. And he did. 
And I said, your goal right now is to make him know that you like him and you want him here for three weeks. And then he started coming. He was happy to be there. He didn't do a darn thing while he was there, but that was (laughs) what we expected, right? (laughs) Then we decided, much like where you're at, okay, now that things are on a better track, let's start, let's pick an unsolved problem to solve, right? And so um, I'm curious. What unsolved problem did you pick to start with? Well, the one that is most um, putting most pressure now on the family happening is that um, she has difficulties with eating the food that is available in house. She only wants to eat food that comes from a delivery service and more specific, only French fries. So it's one, it's not good ah. for her health, and two, it's becoming mm. it's very expensive also to, uh, yes. And um, I know it sounds like, or I'm scared, like people will say, yeah, why you do that? And you should not give in. And But she's having a lot of behavior. It's not about me giving in, but just finding a way how we can solve this problem. And you yes, I make a list with food that I can eat, but there is only food and vegetables but then she's kind of done with that. And, and then she, yeah, she wants, she wants food from a delivery service. <laughs> that is my gotcha. first. There are a lot of, yeah, and I do that because it's not good for her health and because also it's, yeah. it's becoming way too, it's very expensive. And sure. Um, sure. I know that it can cause, from uh, the past, I know it can cause very unlucky behavior. So it's, yeah. So that's, my so, number one, actually. One thing I would say for you and for everybody listening is that the people who are saying you're giving in don't understand plan C. Giving in is when you do plan A, it blows up in your face, then you, you decide to switch to plan C. So you start with A, yes. things get hot, and then you back off, Right which is not what you said you've done. You said you did the LSIP and you have a very clear idea about the predictable unsolved problems, right? And you made a conscious, deliberate choice to not enforce those expectations. That is true plan C, which is great. Now you're ready to work on this one though, right? And it sounds like you have some phenomenal parental concerns, right? That are very realistic. So yes, let's work on this one. So, so there's a couple things to talk about here. I think, Timing and how you go about the plan B, there's some things that maybe we can try in there. I also want to talk about how you're wording your unsolved problems. Because difficulty eating available food, I think it's close, but it's a little clumped. Because it sounds like this is happening regularly and often, right? And so I actually might split it by at least by meal, if it's three meals a day, or maybe just split it by a when and say, let's just talk about last night. Forget all the other times. Let's just go with last night for dinner. You had difficulty eating the food that was available that we had made. Um, The other thing I would do, and maybe you're already doing this, I don't know, but my first thing is I always reassure I'm not doing plan A. And I would be very explicit and specific and transparent about how things used to go. So I would say to her, you know what? Used to be when we came, we came upon something we didn't agree, you know, I would yell. I would send you to your room. I would whatever, right? 
that didn't make things better. It made things worse. I get that now. And I'm trying something different. And what I'm trying is, and you know, you're going to want to use words she'll understand, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, how we put our heads together to come up with solutions that you like and I like. And we're both happy because the other way, you know, maybe I was happy, but really neither one of us was happy, right? Um, <laughs> this way, we're going to both be happy, but we've got a partner here, right? So lots of reassurance that it is in plan A, including the words, when I say, you know, you have difficulty last night, you had difficulty eating the food that was available for dinner. I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to understand. And I'm not saying you have to eat the food that's available for dinner. Now, people always kind of take a, like, oh, like, what are you saying? Of course we want her to. Yes, we, we do. You're also not going to hold her down and shove the meal that you made into <laughs> her mouth. And so you're just sort of, I, I love honesty. Honesty is really disarming to kids yes, who indeed. are well defended, right? Yeah. So you're just sort of yeah. calling it like it is. Like, I'm not going to make you. I'm just, in this moment, I'm just asking you what was hard about that. The more that I understand what's not working for you, the better you and I can come up with something that you like and will work for you and will work for me because we're a family here and we all need to have our needs met. And the old way we were doing things was maybe getting my needs met, but maybe not getting anyone's needs met, right? <laughs> Certainly not hers. So lots of reassurance in all kinds of ways that this isn't plan A. A little tweak to how you're going to word the unsolved problem. And then, and I think, Jennifer, you always speak beautifully to, you know, how do you adjust the model? How do you not do it on a, as a one-to-one -one conversation and, and not have to, like, make, you know, force words, you know? So I'll turn it over to you because you have some great <laughs> personal experience with making adjustments to the model with a, a kid who might be reluctant. Yes. Yes, my son was, was not interested in having any of this conversation at the very yeah. beginning. Um, but uh, I have, have said before on here that when we decided to plan C, pretty much everything but breathing, <laughs> um, <laughs> that it, it, it went on longer than I expected it to. And that was okay. okay. It was that he was so stuck in that confrontational place that it took a really long time to get to a spot where he was able to hear what I was saying to him. It wasn't that he didn't want to. I literally, I could see the wall come down in his eyes and the, and, and that was it. We were done talking. Um, and it took, as Kim was saying, a lot of reassurance, a lot of reassurance. Um, and I would say that one of the things that I suggest to people when they're having a hard time getting from plan C to plan B is don't start with the big ticket item. Start with something that that feels less consequential. Because if 
you can start with something that isn't as hard to solve, then it comes easier for your kid to see, oh, so that actually worked. And then they're more willing to work on something that is, that feels really fraught with, with consequence to them. Um, and the other thing that really worked for us was to make it a conversation that wasn't just, you know, when, when you think about having a conversation with someone, you know, you sit down at the table and you're looking at each other, that didn't work. (laughs) Um, we would have conversations in the car because if I'm driving and I'm looking at the road, I couldn't be looking at him. And it was easier for him to talk when we weren't looking at each other. Um, Sometimes he would even sit in the back seat. (laughs) Then there was no chance I was looking at him. Um, Or we've had conversations by text or um, one particularly difficult day um, I wrote him notes and he drew me pictures. Um, yes. So, you know, without that pressure of the direct conversation, things were much easier to, it was much easier to get him to engage with me in those conversations when he didn't have the pressure of staring at me. Um, and then as time went on, we got to a place where that was an easier thing to do. But in the beginning, that direct conversation was just too much. Okay. So that's how that does all that sound? <laughs> well, I, that sounds good because, to be honest, I thought I will plan C until the beginning of October, and then it will be time for plan B. But if I listen now to what you're saying, it might take longer. And if it takes longer, it's also okay. So I don't know where I got that idea, like, uh, for three or four minutes. And then it has been long enough. Um, And then the other part you say uh, about growing communication, actually, I feel a little bit ashamed. I'm also a professional caregiver, and I have worked with kids um, who got expelled from school. And I remember when I... When we were just sitting in my uh, office to talk, that never worked. So we went for biking or... So I can imagine, and here at home I don't think about those things. It's actually strange. <laughs> well, let me, let me absolve you of your shame. I've been doing... I've, I learned this model over 20 years ago. I've been working with Dr. Green for, I don't know, 15, 16 years at this point. I'm wonderful at this model at work. Don't miss a beat, right? <laughs> at home with my two kids, it's a whole other story. And I like to be very open about that because I don't want to feel like a fraud. It is hard at home. It is hard. So please absolve yourself of that. You're doing a great <laughs> job. We're psyched you found us. And you're calling in from Belgium on Skype, and it's working, which I'm thrilled about. So I think yes. keep up the good work. Give yourself some grace. And you know, I you know what your email was actually the first one I had queued up for today. So I'm glad you got to call in. That's exciting. Um, and we would love it if you called or emailed again and let us know how it was going. 
I will, I will for sure. Because really, in, in August, I lost my hope, and and so now things have. I got perspective again. So that's so. I have no words for that. That is really amazing. So thank you for that. Oh gosh, that makes me very happy. Very happy. Thank, Why we do this? Thank though. you. So, thank you. <laughs> Okay. Thank, thank you, you so very much, much for um, yeah. the next time. Yes, we okay. hope to hear from you again. Okay, okay. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, that was just, <sighs> just you know, if we yep. needed any reminders why we do this, we just got that, right? That, Absolutely. you know, mom had lost some hope and perspective and, and it's been restored and she's got more energy to move forward because, you know, this type of parenting takes a ton out of us. It just does. And it sure does. Everything's better on the other <laughs> end for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and the the thing that I I have have told people over and over again is that in the beginning it feels counterintuitive. <laughs> And it feels overwhelming and it feels like it would just be simpler to just do it the old way. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. I still remember the first time, the first time that my child plan beat me. (laughs) (laughs) It was was 18 now, right? He is, yes. Wow. Yep. Graduated from high school, has a got his driver's license, has a job. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's wonderful. Yeah, all things that um, that I never at when he was in fifth grade and we really started embracing the model. These are things I was pretty sure would never happen. I wasn't sure we were ever going to make it to this place. So. Oh, gosh, that is awesome news. I'm so glad to hear that. And I like that he planned these you. That is, that's exactly yes. what you want. Because <laughs> that means all those beautiful problem-solving skills are now in his head, and he's initiating yep. that. And that's what you want, because when he yes. leaves your house and goes to work, right, eventually lives on his own, he's taking those skills with him, and that's exactly what we what we want. That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, we have a backlog of emails from the last couple of months that we didn't have our program, so maybe we'll try one on here. All right. Sure. Um, Dr. Green, I finished reading The Explosive Child, which was recommended by my nine-year-old son's therapist. Not only was the book incredibly eye-opening, it also felt as if I was reading about my life. I have a question and could not locate information pertaining to it within the book. My nine-year-old son has extreme separation anxiety that for some reason has become increasingly worse within the last few months. His separation anxiety is becoming crippling to him so much that he missed more than 30 days of school this past school year and literally checked out within an hour or two of arriving at school every single day. He's very rigid and closed off and desperately struggles with emotions and how to communicate them. We are working with a therapist and psychiatrist, and I know it will take time, but I need advice. My nine-year-old's been diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety, and depression. He explodes any time we try to get him to go anywhere, such as school, tutoring, day camp that's only four hours long, or swimming with his cousins. He wants to go so badly, but cannot seem to do so. 
unless myself or his father are with him. I've attempted plan B with him to try to get to the root of his fear of being away from us, and he states that he is afraid to be away from us because he thinks we will die or something bad will happen, and that he needs us to protect him as well, um, as he never gets time with us anymore because of his younger three-year-old brother, and he wishes he did not have a brother. I'm struggling with how to come up with solutions, as allocating a bit of one-on-one time daily with him doesn't seem to be enough, as well as my husband and I are very overwhelmed with the chaos of life and the challenges that we are facing with not knowing how to effectively help my son. Do you have any suggestions on how to approach solutions for a child who is an only child for six and a half years and resents his younger brother and feels like everyone loves his brother more and no one has time for him anymore? In addition, he also explodes any time I ask him to do any toys he got out or simply put dirty dishes in the sink. He always responds in a minute, but then even I will set a... I will even set a few minutes on a timer, and he explodes and doesn't do it. He explodes any time I ask him to pause the TV for a minute. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you in advance. And then she emailed back and added suggestions on Plan B solutions to severe separation anxiety are needed desperately, um, question in handling school. So that's, a, that's another question that we might get to. Um, we probably will, actually. But I think we have a lot to think about right now, so I'm going to pause this email there. Um, so there's lots of examples in here about unsolved problems. So I'm really hoping that you have done the ALSEP to collect all of these predictable unsolved problems that are going to lead to explosions and other behavior, like um, difficulty picking up toys that you got out. I would even be more specific about that, and I would pick a recent toy to name so that he's not thinking about every time it's happened. So difficulty picking up the Legos you played with yesterday. Um, Then we have difficulty taking care of your dirty dishes um, after dinner, difficulty taking care of your dirty dishes after breakfast, and I would separate those out. Um, So there's quite a few, right, in addition to what you started with, with the piece about um, how you've already talked with him around when he has difficulty going somewhere. I would make sure that the different places he has difficulty going are all separate, that, we're, that we don't talk to him about school and swim and tutoring and day camp all at once. Even though it all looks the same, it could actually be different. And so I would encourage you to split those out and only pick one at a time to talk about. Um, you did get a lot of information. The information you got when you started with Plan B and I'm looking back here. I should have made this bigger because my eyes are getting worse. <laughs> um, let's see. He said he wants to go badly, right? His solution is that you are dad are with him, which sometimes might work and sometimes might not. Um, for, you know, not, I don't mean for you, I mean for him. Like, and I don't know, actually, that's a question. Does it, does it always go well? if you are dad are with him, because that's, um, that's a great drilling question that we're going to want to ask about, you know, it was easier when daddy went with you than it was when you were on your own. What makes it easier, right? Because the, the information that you got here is a really good start. It's time to drill a little bit to understand all this better, right? So the never gets time with us because he's got a brother. Um, plus the, the never part of that, that that to me is a signal to drill a little more because I don't fully understand that because it's also 
not completely true, right? So you might want to use like discrepant observation there, which is a drilling strategy. Um, I know you're saying it feels like we never spend time, and yet just yesterday we were together, you know, for two hours uh, at the playground. So what do you make of that? Because we're seeing this a little bit differently, right? And let's see, there might be something to learn now. Maybe I'm wrong, right? Um, the other part that he said was he's worried that something's going to happen to you or worried that something's going to happen to him. And so both of those would require a little bit more drilling, I think, to understand what it is he's telling himself, you know, specific, as specifically as you can. And you might have to take some guesses if he doesn't have the words, you know. So when we tell you that you're going to go swimming with your cousins and mommy and daddy are not going to be there right away, that we're going to come later, what do you start thinking? And if he can't answer you, take some guesses. You could use the five-finger method, right? Your brain starts mm -hmm. telling you that, um, you know, you might get hurt. And if he says you're right, I want to know more about that, you know, because if he's convinced he's going to get hurt, is there nobody there that could help him? Because he might, right? Is, is, I just, there's just a little bit more that I want to know, right? Um, before I turn it over to Jennifer, I want to say I'm glad to hear that you're working with some um, providers um, and see if, and, I, and I'm, I don't know him, so I'm not saying this is for sure, but I'm, you know, it's good that you have providers on board to see if the kind of anxiety that he's dealing with um, could be helped with uh, medication. Um, sometimes, yes. Sometimes, you know, he just, he needs more problem solving and plan B and skills training. And sometimes it's often both. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad to see that you're, you're sort of look, looking at a mix of interventions. Jennifer, what did I miss? This was a very detailed email and I'm sure I missed something or you've got something to add. <laughs> well, first I would say um, that as you were talking, Kim, I, I brought up the drilling cheat sheet that's on the Lives in the Balance website because I was trying to remember the word that was on it. <laughs> and it has a whole bunch of different strategies for drilling. Um, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's a great place to start when you're stuck. Um, and one of the things on it, one of the suggestions on it is about tabling. And you were kind of talking about this a little bit. Um, and for, on the cheat sheet it says, this is where you're shelving some concerns the child has already expressed so as to permit consideration of other concerns. So, you know, okay, so you're telling me that it would be easier to go swimming with your cousins if dad or I were there. So let's say dad or I come with you. Is there anything else that's hard about it? And that can be very useful because that can get your kid to think a little more than, than where they're stuck on, but you have to come with me. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking about as you were talking is that this might be a kid who just really needs some plan C right now. <laughs> um, that if if he's in a place where he's that anxious and that tightly wound, that 
you know, he if he's in constant crisis within his head, then he may not be in a place where he could have any more conversation with you than what he's already had. Uh, if you can step it back a little bit, I know it might be hard. It was very easy for us because there's only one child in our house. Um, I know that it gets harder to plan C things when you have more than one child. Uh, so it's hard for me to speak to that because my experience is all with one kid. But that he sounds like a kid who could benefit from some plan C and also from some explanation as to what the model is. You know, I know that things have been hard, so we're going to try and do things a little differently where you're not in trouble for doing things, but instead we talk about what's happening and try to find a solution together that works. Um, because with a kid whose immediate reaction is anxiety, if you don't have their buy-in, then the conversation's just going to be that much harder. Those were my thoughts. I love them. Thank you very much. And before <laughs> we go on to the next part of this email, I did one other thing that just sort of caught me as I was rereading it. Um, Mom says she tried a timer with the picking up of not the picking up of the toys, with the dirty dishes in the sink. Or maybe it was picking up of the toys, or maybe it was both, actually. I'm not sure what the timer relates to. But um, The timer was, you know, when the timer goes off, you'll do this. Yeah, right. So um, I would just say that's a solution that didn't work because you don't yet have the information of what's happening for him in the midst of the unsolved problem. Now, a timer is a viable solution if a kid says, um, I just – I want to finish what I'm doing and then I forget. Then a timer might be a viable solution that would also probably meet your concern, right? Um, whatever that is when the unsolved problem doesn't happen. But if that's not his perspective on the situation and his perspective instead is um, when it comes to the dishes, I, I really, um, it grosses me out to touch dishes that have leftover food on them, um, which is a real one I've heard, right? Timer's not going to do anything to touch that. <laughs> So we got to make sure, and I love that you reminded people about the drilling cheat sheet. You know, the first step of CPS takes a long time. That empathy step takes a long time. Drilling is hard, but we really do want to get the information because that's going to really help us come up with an informed solution that has a shot of working. Um, Let me continue with this email here. This is about handling school. Administration says he's a kid who doesn't want to be at school or do his work and knows that saying he has a headache and stomach ache continuously that he will go home. They have made it worse, and I don't know that they are open to anything else because they seem to think they've seen it all and know a lazy kid with behavior problems. I've told them how he is really upset when he isn't able to make it through the day at school and how he's experiencing disassociation and somatic issues, according to his doctors. So um, not unique, right, when... No, we're faced with, especially in this country, teachers are taught to plan A. That is, those are the tools we're giving to teachers for managing classrooms, if they're even getting much instruction at all in managing classrooms, right? That is what they're taught. So that is what you're typically going to run into, right? There's a beautiful shift happening 
right, all over the world, that realizing um, this isn't getting the job done and we got to give educators some different tools, right? And so um, you're not alone when you're talking with a school who's saying, oh, seen this, seen this before, right? And basically saying the way that we deal with kids, plan A, the way that we deal with unlucky kids, uh, isn't working for him, so it must be him, right? Um, <laughs> and again, they just don't know differently. So a um, couple of ideas. I mean, one, we always say, do you have anyone in the building? Do you have anyone's ear at all who would maybe be curious with you, especially if you present an ALSIP that you completed with all those lagging skills checked and say something like, we've realized that there are a bunch of lagging skills here. There are a bunch of things that he doesn't know how to do well, or at least on a routine, regular basis, right? And, and we wrote down how this all plays out at school, and, I mean, at home. And we're wondering if we can work with you to figure out how this stuff's playing out at school and essentially get a school else up going that kind of helps to shift the mindset of the people at school, like, oh, you know, we, we didn't realize that he doesn't know how to read social cues, but that actually makes sense because here's, and I'm, I'm just using an example, you know, here's how we've seen it play out at recess and at, you know, partner work and stuff like that, right? Um, and so you're sort of partnering with schools. The other thing I like to say is think of the model when you're talking to the adults because they have concerns too and they're legitimate and so don't you. Right, And so you can sort of apply the model to talking to the adults and kind of first understand where they're coming from. And you can guess some of where they're coming from. You know, they're exhausted. They did what they know how to do and it's not working, right? They might have some, in this day and age, staffing shortages are everywhere, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, what, what, are they, what are their main concerns? And if they did think about him differently, what are they worried they'd be risking? Because it isn't working now. So what's going to get worse mm -hmm. if, they, if they did think about him differently? Um, you can also point to the Lives in the Balance website. There's tons of free resources for educators, tons and tons and tons. There's a um, frequently asked questions, one pager you can print out, a um, bunch of different things. And uh, if they're interested in talking to Lives in the Balance about the model, we are often happy to be able to do um, a brief consult to um, help them kind of see that there's another way because that's what we find. They just, they don't know that there's another way. So, or they think another way is expensive or it's time consuming. Takes time up front, no doubt, but saves time in the end. And as far as expensive, you don't have to spend a penny to learn this model. It is all on the website for sure. Anything else, Jennifer? And then mm -hmm. we have another caller. <laughs> um, I would just say that just because a stomach ache or headache is brought on by a situation that a kid wants to get out of, quote unquote, doesn't mean that they don't actually have a stomach ache or a headache. That's the only <laughs> other thing I would add. That's true. That's true. Good point. Okay. <sighs> Area code 517 in our last five minutes of our program. Thanks for calling in. What can we help you with today? Uh, oh my goodness. Um, so I just uh, <laughs> ran out of my 
work. Um, I was hoping to, to get on a little bit sooner. Um, I'm super new to CPS, um, and I've read everything I can get my hands on, um, and I know it's going to be helpful for my family, but I am really struggling. Um, and I don't think that we have probably five minutes to, um, I was thinking it was an hour program. I'm, I'm sorry. So, um, what, um, I have a list of problems, um, and I have gotten some feedback from the Facebook group about, um, my problems are too clumped. My problems are too related to behavior. Um, I could certainly give you some bulls, um, and I'm also feeling like I can't plan C very well, either in the moment, and I have a hard time even figuring out how to do it proactively. So anyway, I'm a bit of a mess, but um, thank oh. you for uh, just taking a, a second to try to offer some help. <laughs> oh, absolutely, um, and yes, and apologies. Yep, four and a half. She, yeah, a half. Oh, oh, I just thought, oh, gosh, that's important information. Yeah, she's four and a half. No other known delays, um, and she has a brother who is seven, will be eight in March, so seven and a half and four and a half. And um, she definitely fits all that criteria of an explosive child, and it's been super tough, um, you know, really the last three years. So, um, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm glad you called in. Absolutely, you know I'm glad you have the Facebook group, the B Team, because there's almost ninety thousand members in there that either are right now or were in the same boat that you're in, being new to the model and feeling all over the place and everything. I'm excited to hear that you tried wording unsolved problems and that you asked the group for feedback on them, because. We are a little particular about how to write those just because we do want to get problem solving off on, on the best foot possible. So, yeah, we don't focus on behavior because that's not going to get the conversation going. That's right. actually going to shut the kid right. down, right? And, right. yeah, right. and what they mean by clumped is making sure we're not talking about too much at once because there's so much to work on, right? We want to get it all fixed, so we're inclined to talk about, you know, difficulty getting your homework done or something like that, which is real clumped. We would want to split it by subject. We would even want to split it maybe right. by some recent type of assignments that are not one-offs but stand-ins for what's going to happen again, right? Um, and you mentioned the difficulty with Plan C. You know, I don't know if this is the boat you're in, so let me ask you, but a lot of parents feel like, I can't Plan C. My expectations are important to me. I can't. I can't. <laughs> like, it's not right. an option. Well, I... Can I mean to interrupt? No, no, that was it, basically. Like, are you feeling oh, like, yeah. you know, mom guilt if you plan thief? Um, <laughs> right. Okay, I'll give you a great example. We had three instances this weekend where I could tell I got, I pushed her into something um, that I felt was important because it was safety related and or her brother, you know, it related to kind of respecting him and honoring him. Um, and each time, right, I got that big, you know, half hour, 45 minute complete explosive behavior. So mm -hmm. I'm looking back and thinking, how could I have planned seed something to prevent that from happening? Um, so one was, you know, we had agreed ahead of time. We're, we're on the TV, 20 minutes for you, 20 minutes for him. We all we set it all up ahead of time. This is great. And I can tell, I, I actually read Dr. Green's 2001 edition you know, she gets that quote-unquote vapor lock. I can tell she has a hard time. And in those moments, I have to figure out what I'm doing wrong because obviously pushing her isn't the right thing, but 
I get overwhelmed. So she was having a hard time giving up the remote. It was his turn to pick a show. And, you know, I try, it was really gentle at first. You know, I can see you're having a hard time. Um, but in the end, I felt like, okay, we've waited five minutes longer. You've had extra time. You know, now it's really time to give him a chance. Do I need to take the remote? Or do you think you can give it to him? And she just said, go out of the room. I went out of the room. I'll give it to him. She threw it at him. And then she exploded. So, I mean, she tried, you know, she tried, but she was having a really hard time. So obviously I should have done something different. And yet, yeah, I feel that pressure to honor him. I feel that pressure to, um, yeah. Well, in our last couple of seconds here, I would really focus on getting that house up in good shape because then you can proactively plan. Because some proactive plan fees are Band-Aids that you're putting in place mm-hmm. just to keep things calm. We're not teaching anything, and they're temporary, right? Mm-hmm. Because we want to mm-hmm. get you out of the heat of the moment. We want to get you mm-hmm. not needing emergency fees or emergency anything. Mm-hmm. We want you to be mm-hmm. as proactive as possible because the combination mm-hmm. of proactive C and B is going to get things going in, in a better direction. Mm-hmm. And I wish we had more time, and um, I would <laughs> love for you to call back in or email us if you're I will. working during this I, time. I did because I, I did email. I don't know if they ever get responded if, oh. if you. So yes. anyway, yes. but I will try. When, when they next. get on the show, I respond that they're on. So sorry about okay. that. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. You. Catch us next Thank month. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.